Did you know that every time you listen to an ad on this podcast, you help cover the cost of producing Find Your Food Voice? Thank you to our sponsor, Equilibria Daily Women's Microbiome Defense. Because of them, my team and I can continue our independent podcast. Equilibria is a women-owned wellness brand with unique science-backed products that help bring your mind and back my mind and body back into harmony. EQ's Daily Women's Microbiome Defense is a three-in-one capsule that supports your digestive health and promotes gut barrier protection. It also promotes optimal vaginal pH. These probiotics were chosen because they are studied for women's health. And I love that you can subscribe. So if you find that Equilibria's Daily Women's Microbiome Defense helps you, you can subscribe so you don't have to think twice about running out and also save 25% off. I just started taking the Equilibria Daily Women's Microbiome Defense after a trip overseas that made my GI tract kind of funky. I am hoping that it helps make things just a little bit easier, easing back in. And also as a woman, as a woman in midlife, I'm always looking for ways to help with vaginal pH. If you are not in midlife yet, just be aware. It's a thing that is around the corner for you. So head to myeq.com and use code FOODVOICE for 15% off Equilibria's microbiome defense and much more. That's myeq.com and use code FOODVOICE at checkout for 15% off site-wide today. All right, let's get back to the show. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Say goodbye to the food police and hello to peace. Welcome to the Love Food Podcast, hosted by dietitian and food behavior expert, Julie Duffy Dillon. This authentically engineered series is in the form of a love letter, welcoming you to reconnect with food. Now pour a cup of coffee or a margarita and let's begin. Hi, and welcome to episode 112 of a Love Food Podcast. I'm Julie Duffy Dillon, registered dietitian and partner on your food peace journey. I'm so glad you're here. Thank you for connecting today. As I begin this podcast, I can't help but hear how nasally I still sound. For some reason, the month of February for me has brought two different colds. And so I want to somehow apologize, but that kind of seems weird to apologize for having a cold. But thank you for bearing with me. I really appreciate it because I love connecting with you. And I love the feedback I get about how our conversations are helping you to feel more confident in your relationship with food and helping you to make amends. Because one thing I know is food is something that helps bring us health and it also brings us connection. It doesn't deserve the power though that we give it currently today. I always think about Evelyn Triboli's amazing quote I heard her say back in 2006 that we live in a world that thinks food is either going to kill us or cure us and it just doesn't have that power and none of us are getting out of here alive right we're all going to die anyway 
food in the meantime is something that gives us energy and also helps us connect with everyone else. I'm excited to bring a letter to you today, one that brings up something that's really important because this person is trying really hard to make peace with food and she is walking this earth in a larger body and brings up a bunch of really important points, but one of them I think is really important and one I want to address now. She brings up that intuitive eating work is easier for those of us in smaller bodies. You may be surprised to hear me say that I agree, totally agree. My thin privilege has allowed me to have an easier relationship with food. I haven't had to battle um, food and all the moral implications with it because there is an assumption, since I'm in a smaller body, that I'm doing it right. How shitty, huh? Because you can't tell by looking at someone how they're eating. That is for sure. I'm looking forward to exploring more of this letter writer's important letter to food. We also get to hear from Dana Maggie. She's a dietitian out of Maryland, and she has some amazing insight for this letter writer and for anyone who is on a similar path. But before we get to this episode's letter, a word from our sponsor. This episode is sponsored by something different. It is sponsored by my very special t-shirt that I have just put together. So I identify as a fat positive dietitian. And so I made a t-shirt to share with that kind of stand and make a statement when I go to conferences. And so many of you have asked, where can I get that t-shirt? And for those of you listening, you may not know this, but a lot of dietitians like to listen to Love Food podcasts too, because we all eat food and we all have a relationship with the food. And so they listen as well. And so if you're a dietitian or know someone who is and identifies as a fat positive dietitian, go to teespring.com slash fat positive dietitian 2018. There you can check out all the goods and I'm excited to offer a t-shirt that is from extra small to 5X and also again, some other goodies that go along with it. So teespring.com slash fat positive dietitian 2018. If you enjoy this episode of the Love Food Podcast, I would so appreciate a rating or review. You can get to it by clicking on the show notes and there's a button right in the beginning that says subscribe here and leave a rating in seconds. You could also just scroll down when you pull up the show on your Apple Podcast app and it'll show you a spot where you can see like all those stars and you can click in and put whatever amount that you want to put in for the show. And I appreciate in advance any of you who are able to do this because it's a really small act of kindness, but it helps the show grow and continue and helps other people find it. So thank you in advance. All right, enough of all that. Let's get to this episode's letter. Dear food, I hate you. And yet, I can't get enough of you. I see other people with you and instantly eat, even when I'm not hungry, just to make sure I get some. I grew up with a big family, and when food was there, you better eat, because you may never get that again. The men in the family always got bigger portions, and I was envious. I became a sneak and a thief. Halloween candy never lasted long. Hidden chocolate was always found. I'm like a food ninja. I can always find those Viva Puffs hidden away. I can also hide food and no one will ever see me eating those quote unquote bad things. Food, 
I am always aware of you. I think and obsess about you all the time. Sometimes I decide that I will never eat certain things ever again. So I binge and get those forbidden treats that I will never ever get again and go crazy. Every morning I wake up and feel at peace with you. But by the time evening rolls around, I find myself stuffed and sick, guilty, uncomfortable. I then think about the next diet to start tomorrow. It's always better tomorrow. I have tried intuitive eating over and over, but I'm always hungry. I can eat whenever, whatever. I don't know when I'm empty, full, or in between. I'm also tired of having thin people tell me to eat intuitively. Easy for them to say. Maybe they have never struggled like I have. If they have never been fat, how can they understand? Maybe I'm just broken. Maybe my antidepressants are ruining my metabolism. I want to lose weight. I want to be thinner. I need to be thinner. I'm tired and frustrated. I keep turning back to Overeaters Anonymous. Restrict, restrict, restrict. They say moral people turn away from food. Bad people don't. I guess I'm forever bad. Sincerely, Food Ninja. Hey there, Food Ninja. Thanks for your note. And you know what? You're not bad. You definitely are not bad. I wish you hadn't gotten this idea that your food choices led to moral or immoral kind of ideas or thoughts about ourselves. It's just not the case. And, you know, I think there are some ways for you to make peace and make amends. And one of the first things to do is to realize that what you choose to eat and not eat has nothing to do with your character, your soul, your standing with your higher power. There's also something else you mentioned that I think is so important. You mentioned how easy it is for someone to do intuitive eating work in a smaller body. And I actually agree with you. I think you're exactly right. I have always experienced thin privilege. If you line up my Duffy side of the family, we all look like I do. And I'm probably always going to look like this. And so there's lots of privilege that I experience. So it's really easy for me to talk about just trusting your body when I walk this earth in a body that people deem acceptable. And it's not something I'll ever really understand. And I feel so thankful. I'm so grateful for the people who have helped me to understand what it's like to walk the earth in a larger body. And so I thank you for your note. And I want to understand as much as I can. So I'm always listening. And I'm excited to give Dana Maggie a call. She's a dietitian out of Maryland. And I think for you, Food Ninja, she's going to have some insight for you. So let's give her a call. Hello. Hey, Dana. It's Julie Duffy Dillon. How are you? Hi, Julia. I'm doing well. I'm excited to get to talk today. I'm excited to connect with you. It's been a long time since we've been able to, so it's nice to hear your voice. And did you get a chance to read over the letter I sent you? I did, yes. And I, I'm really excited to talk about it. I connected with a lot of 
the points on here. So very yeah. much looking forward to it. Me too. And, you know, Food Ninja, man. I'm like, oh, you're not bad. Totally not bad. Don't believe the hype. Um, but when you read it, like that was my first instinct. But for you, when you read it, what was your general impression of what this letter writer is experiencing? Yeah, so I definitely did pick up on the the word bad. I feel like I'm trained to, you know, spot that from a mile away. So definitely something that I picked up on. Um, the other piece was really just how uh, impressed I was that the letter writer was able to identify like parts of her past and growing up and how that might be affecting her now. And it just made me really curious to see if she understands that that urgency she felt with food and that deprivation she felt with food and the hiding and and how that might be playing a role in her adult life in the form of dieting and, and how that might be very similar to something she's felt in the past. So that that definitely stood out to me for sure. Yeah, you know, I get the sense that this person is aware of that, but yet not always connecting to it fully. Like there's still more connection that needs to happen with it. Um, because yeah, why else would she mention all that stuff about growing up and having that kind of men served first. Have you ever heard that before? Like other, in other families? Uh, definitely with like the bigger portions and being expected as a woman to eat small and mm -hmm. that, that comparison, um, for sure, but not so much the being served first. I guess that wasn't part of my growing up. Um, but yeah, but I can see how that could affect her. Yeah. And actually sure. I'm, I'm looking at the letter. I'm like, I guess, I don't think she said serve first. Like you said, it was more bigger portions, but I feel like mm -hmm. that is, um, even like subconsciously happens so often and that, you know, boys when they're growing up, oh, they're, they're growing teenage boys. Of course, they're going to need to eat a lot. And, and, and uh, bragging yeah, them out of house and home, you exactly. Know, that, that but I know when I was a growing teenage girl, I was also ravishly hungry. And, um, but I think it's like just the subtle kind of cultural expectation that we're going to eat less. And, some kind of permission for boys and men to take up more space, even with things like that. And um, so no wonder this letter writer is struggling with like, okay, what do I want to make of it now? You know? Um, so when you were reading through it and um, connecting with some of the points, what were like some of the first few steps you'd recommend to this letter writer or someone who maybe identifies with some similar experiences? Yeah, so I think one of the things I saw in here is just trying to eat intuitively. And I know you've talked about this on the podcast before is really, is there that understanding of intuitive eating? Because sometimes it gets oversimplified to this, eat when you're hungry, stop when you're full, the rest is bad, and it gets turned into this diet rule, and, it, and it's not. Um, and I always like to really take a look at what um, their definition is and where that um, is coming from and have they really read the book Intuitive Eating and practice that in the way that it was meant to be practiced. Uh, so that definitely is, is the first place is just what does that mean and how can we uh, kind of challenge some of those beliefs about what it might be? Because later on in the letter, I do see this, I want to be thinner, I need to be thinner. And so for me, that's in direct conflict with intuitive eating. So I think there's a, a mis misconception there or a disconnect between the intuitive eating and putting it into practice. So I think just some education about intuitive eating and really looking at it as how does this food feel in my body and how do I feel when I eat this food, uh, playing that part as well, mm -hmm. uh, rather than just the oversimplified version of what it might have been called. 
Yeah. Don't you get so frustrated with how intuitive eating has become like a diet in a sense? You know, yeah. if you do it right, then you'll be thin. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's it's the new the new diet, the new way to lose weight. And that is not what it is intended for and not what the science shows. And it's not trying to. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. And then that, that word need to be thinner, you know, just understanding more. Uh, why, why do you need to be thinner? Like, what does that mean? Um, I think would be really helpful for this person to explore, you know, with a therapist or um, in, in their journaling, because uh, that just sounds so strong to me that definitely stood out. Me too. You know, and um, she even brings up too about how it's easier to do intuitive eating when you're um, in a smaller body. And there's a part when I read that, I was like, yeah, it is, you know, and, and so when she was saying, she needs to lose weight. Part of what I was kind of reading between the lines about was, you know, she has come to this place where she knows diets don't work and she wants to heal her relationship with food and do the intuitive eating work. And yet society hasn't accepted her body as acceptable yet. And so I almost was like, I wonder if that's a need to be respected or, you know, be socially equal to people of small and with smaller bodies. And something that I kind of feel in my heart is that, um, you know, I'm never going to understand that. I've never had a, I've never lived in a larger body. And um, sometimes a person can like want to lose weight, but they don't have to pursue it, you know, Mm because, because that want or that need may be socially constructed or because of oppression and things like that. And well, that's not going to be solved in one session with a dietitian, (laughs) you know, Um, but the pursuit of weight loss um, is where we really can help people heal. And I remember when I first started learning about intuitive eating, I don't know if you heard the um, authors say this, Dana, but I remember them saying, you know, if someone's wanting to lose weight, what about putting that desire on the back burner for like three or six months and just try to pursue health and behaviors and, and working through intuitive eating and to not pursue the weight loss at that same time because you can't do them together. It just doesn't, it doesn't work like that. I don't know if you've had any experience with that. Yeah, I definitely agree. I think, you know, I look at it as almost like these layers that block your hunger and fullness cues. And one of them is definitely the, the goal of weight loss, because if you're listening to your hunger and fullness, but, you know, really in the back of your mind have, oh, but this will help me lose weight, then you're, you're not able to listen to your hunger and fullness. You're using the external cue of what the scale says or, um, you know, portions that, you know, are perfect and that kind of thing. Um, and other layers that can get over that, I think even like um, she mentions being on antidepressants. So if there's any type of like depression, anxiety, like even that feeling of anxiety sometimes described as like butterflies in your stomach, you know, there's other cues that your body is giving you and that might make it really confusing to listen to that hungerfulness. Um, and then we have that whole like threat of like not having enough from her history, mm-hmm. uh, as well as diets, you know, that's what they do. They deprive you. And then that fear is a very real fear that there's not enough food and all of that stuff just gets in the way of being able to listen to that hunger and fullness. So just being able to pull those things out and look at them and understand them better, not that they're bad, just listening to those as well and seeing where they come from, uh, I think can get, get people to uh, embrace the intuitive eating uh, when it's not as confusing and muddled together with other yeah. other factors. Totally muddled. And you know, um, hearing what you're, I was like listening to what you were just saying um, and also thinking about what the letter writer was describing 
something that I was connecting to is for you and me, Dana, we really appreciate that intuitive eating work is so not linear. It's so messy and it takes time. And it's not like a, a process you complete, you know, it's not like you pass a test. Um, right. And I think for a lot of people, they think, yeah, the skinny body is proof that I did it right. And what um, so you and me, we totally are on board with that. And what's so normal, I think, for this letter writer and normal being like typical and how most people experience it is that they think they're doing it wrong because they mm -hmm. haven't figured it all out yet. And there's something about Food Ninja's experience that just seems so common. And and I I wish people didn't blame themselves that it took a it's taking longer than they thought it would, that, you know, and they're not doing it wrong because we're living in this world that's making it all muddled, like you said. It's making it so tough to like get through and connect with that healing experience. And so Food Ninja, I'm like, just hold on. Don't believe the hype. You're not doing it wrong. You're not bad. <laughs> Yeah. Um, I'm not a fan of Overeaters Anonymous for that reason. And okay. I don't know if your chapters near you are any different than mine, but uh, they seem to be more restrictive and um, not consistent with the way that I would encourage people to heal a relationship with food. So, yeah. yeah. And, and I think the, the big part about intuitive eating and, you know, we were talking about how it might get oversimplified is without judgment. And I think that's just so important too. And, and how, you know, just the, the line she says about moral people turn away from food, bad people don't, you know, that's just so much judgment in that. And so intuitive eating really is about lifting that judgment as well, because, you know, you're hungry when you're hungry and you're full when you're full. And, um, so I, I think that's, that's really important yeah. too. Yeah. Yeah. Like you said, it takes time. I think we're we're lucky that we get to talk about it all the time and practice it with our clients because the world is busy and sometimes I get sucked into my email and you know I get off track and you know I'm not paying attention to to those cues and things and it's it's just all about that practice and you know trying to slow down and um, yeah it's it just it takes that time yeah it's, it's for a sure. practice forever <laughs> it is yeah it's not like this like like I said it was not this like thing you complete and check the box off. And right. I would even say too, for her, like um, all those judgments that you were describing, um, a nice step would even be like being curious about the judgments. Like, why are you here now? You know, what what's making me like think I'm so immoral right now? And because you and I, Dana, were saying you're not being immoral. Like, this is not a bad mm -hmm. thing. But what makes like what's making her jump to that? And um, sometimes it can be from the history, like the person was describing. Sometimes it's from diet culture, you know, and so the anger needs to go to that and <laughs> not inward mm -hmm. to yourself. So um, so Food Ninja, definitely, you're not doing it wrong and keep going. This is, this is something that yeah. is going to be um, a process, but totally worth the work. Um, so Dana, we have something called a food peace syllabus as a part of the Love Food podcast. And if you're new to the podcast. It's a collection of resources like books and other podcasts or videos, Instagram accounts or what are, whatever, anything under the sun that helps to further promote food and body peace. And if you want your own copy, you can get to it by going to juliedillonrd.com. And would you like to add anything to it, Dana? Yes. Well, I've definitely read a lot of the, the books and listened to the podcast that I've learned about through the Food Peace Syllabus. Uh, so I found it super helpful. Uh, I would add a workbook that I wrote with my colleagues a couple years ago uh, with Rebecca Bitzer and Kate Fortunato. Uh, it's called Taste the Sweet Rebellion, uh, Rebel Against Dieting Workbook. And 
Uh, it is a workbook, so I think that's really helpful for people to be able to put their own thoughts down on paper, because I think there's a big difference between what you're thinking in your head and when it kind of is spinning in there versus putting it on paper. I just, I'm still such a paper person. Um, <laughs> and then, you know, it, it's really helpful whether they're working on their own or perhaps working with a dietitian through the through the workbook. Uh, and it just kind of introduces them to some of these principles of intuitive eating and mindfulness um, and reteaches them some nutrition that might have been tainted by diets past and rules and, and things that have made it even more confusing <laughs> and difficult. So um, I'd love for people to, to check it out and um, try to help them uh, rebel against diets. Awesome. I, I love that workbook. It's a really, really good one. Um, so we will add that to the Food Peace Syllabus. So is there a way that someone can contact you or get a hold of you if they are liking the things that you have to say and they want to know more about your work? Is there a way for people to find you? Sure. I would say definitely my email is, is I'm always on there. So it's Dana, my first name, D-A-N-A, at empoweredeatingblog.com. And they can reach out to me there. And I would love to love to hear from them. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Dana, for your time. I really appreciate it. And I hope you have a great day. Thanks so much. You too, Julie. Thanks for having me. So there you have it, Food Ninja. I hope you got some information to help you along the way from my conversation with Dana. And as Dana and I were about ready to hang up, we talked a little bit more. And something came up that I wanted to make sure that we relate to you. You brought up in your letter about starting the day feeling really good, and um, as the day went on, you were hungrier and hungrier, and how that felt like such a failure. Something as dietitians that we see often is this pattern of starting out the day we would call pretty restrictive, diety, and quote-unquote good, and not enough. I always think about my colleague and friend and friend of the Love Food podcast, Summer Inanen, she always says, badass women need to eat more than they think. And I think this is especially true as we move along our day. And biologically, when we go through a day and not get enough, our body sends some primal urges to eat and to not stop. And I think for so many people, that would be okay. But our world teaches us that we should be ashamed of that, that we have no control. When in reality, it's not that we don't have control. It's that we're being a successful human. So for you, Food Ninja, that's what I think is going on. And if you're irritated by that pattern, giving yourself permission and acknowledging that you need to eat probably more than you think would help change that to be a pattern that what you're hoping it could be. Well, I see food is written back. But before we get to that, this episode of a Love Food Podcast was brought to you by my by my Fat Positive Dietitian T-shirt series. You can check it out by going to teespring.com slash Fat Positive Dietitian 2018. If you enjoyed this episode of the Love Food Podcast, I would love it if you could leave a rating or review any way that you can share this episode and leave this kind of rating or review helps the show grow and reach more people. So I thank you in advance. All right, let's get to Foods Letter. But in the meantime, Letter Writer, keep us posted on how things are going. Stay in touch and take care. Dear Food Ninja, your whole life you've been told to not take too much and not take up space. These rules do not hold up. You deserve to get what you need. You deserve to get what you want. 
You are not immoral for taking care of you. We see you struggling to make food peace. Know you're acceptable and worthy during this confusing, messy, and needy time. You are always acceptable. You have unconditional permission to meet your needs. Instead of believing you're doing it wrong, put that judgment where it belongs, on our fat-phobic world. Deciphering between your truths and untruths can help your soul finally get fed. Love food. Thank you for listening. I am Julie Duffy Dillon, and this is a Love Food Podcast. Do you want access to more food peace? Jump on over to my website and join my email list. There, I share exclusive content that I don't share anywhere else. Get access to these tips and strategies by going to juliedillonrd.com forward slash sign up. And I look forward to seeing you here next week for another episode of the Love Food Podcast. Take care. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.